This is Explain It for Trinity 17, and uh, we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 14. So uh, the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, uh, he, he speaks of the Old Testament as shadows and uh, the reality of all those shadows uh, being the person and work of Jesus. So. Uh, we often speak of the Old Testament contains these shadows. The New Testament contains the fulfillment or the reality of those, which is Jesus. Now, I bring this up because in Luke chapter 14, there's going to be this discussion about breaking the Sabbath. So the Apostle Paul says in Luke uh, or Colossians chapter 2, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. He says, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in, in Christ. And so Paul, uh, speaking very clearly about all things Old Testament, right? L religious festivals, uh, Passover, um, the Feast of Weeks, um, the uh, Feast of Tabernacles, those are the three main religious festivals. Then you had the, the new moon celebrations, you know, the rhythm of uh, the lunar calendar. You had uh, six days to work, seventh day of Sabbath. Uh, you had all of these um, uh, you know, washings, these traditional uh, washings and um, uh, things that individuals in the Old Testament were commanded to do. Now, uh, it says all those things, Paul says, all those things are a shadow. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So immediately, we should think of all things, right? Old Testament, the three, three major festivals, Passover, Feast of Weeks, uh, Feast of Tabernacles, all those point to Christ. Uh, all the new moon celebrations point to Christ. Uh, the Sabbath points to, points to Christ. Now, we see this very clearly in Luke chapter 14. So, note there it begins, one Sabbath. So, Jesus was, um, you could say, Torah observant. Wherever he would go, he would observe Sabbath. So, he goes into his hometown in the Gospel of Luke in Nazareth. He goes into the Sabbath, on the Sabbath day, into the synagogue. He uh, stands up and reads uh, from the scroll. It teaches there. It says, you know, these things are fulfilled in your hearing. So he, uh, he often goes and keeps Sabbath. So one Sabbath, uh, Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee. And here's a key word in the, in the text. He was being carefully watched, which means this is kind of a, this is a setup. Uh, because there in front of him was placed a, a man, you know, strategically placed in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. So I did a little uh, research on what dropsy is. I don't hear that word often, but it's uh, something I think akin to a fluid being built up, uh, you know, congenital heart failure. Uh, and, you know, there is this uh, building up on fluid, especially in the extremities. And so this man with dropsy is put right in front of Jesus on the Sabbath day and uh, everyone's watching there. So they're going to say, what's he going to do? So back to the psalm for today, Psalm 2. Why is it that the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? So you see this all throughout the ministry of Jesus. There's this, there's this plotting. There's this conspiring you know, uh, Psalm 7 says, you know, beware of the one that uh, conceives trouble. He'll give birth to delusionment. You know, beware of the one who digs a hole, digs a pit because he's going to fall into it. Uh, another gospel story where there's a setup is the woman caught in adultery. 
right? And it says they, they, they found her and they caught her in the very act. So they let, let the man go, but they brought the woman in front of Jesus to see what he would do, uh, what he would do with her. So it's a Sabbath day. Now, here is, uh, here's going to be a key thing that Jesus is going to talk about when it comes to the law, specifically, you know, the Ten Commandments, or in this case, uh, broadened out to the traditions uh, of you know, keeping Sabbath. So here's a question. Is the end of the law, you know, the keeping of the law, is that the end of it? Is that the main point? And, and Jesus is going to show us that the end of the law is not the keeping of the law, you know, the outward keeping of it, but the end of the law is love. The end of the law is love. And so we'll be talking, you know, about the Ten Commandments, and the key word that will summarize all of them is love. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 13, he says, So let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to, there it is, love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. So love kind of sounds like a gospel word, and it is, but really the, the definition of love can be found within the Ten Commandments. Love God, love neighbor. So Paul goes on to, to quote these commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So there's these Pharisees. They put this man uh, struggling with dropsy right in front of Jesus on the Sabbath day, watching him carefully. And they're going to try and pit law and love against uh, one another. So in Luke chapter 14, verses 2 through 6, Jesus asks the Pharisees a question. He's just so really, I mean, so good at this. I mean, he doesn't kind of just come out with an exposition. He uh, kind of engages them so that they are caught and they come to these conclusions on their own. So he asked the question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Good question. They don't know what to say. So the text says they remain silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. And then he asked them just to kind of rub it in here. He says, well, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. They had nothing to say. So um, Jesus is going to always have the law being fulfilled in love toward the neighbor. So just not the law to keep, you know, the the standards of the law, but the outward goal is always uh, love. So we're going to look a little bit more at this, and the Holy Spirit is the author of the entire scriptures. So a rule of thumb is, is that if he is the author of the entire scriptures, then one part of the scripture helps us understand another part. So scripture will interpret the scripture. So there's a parallel um, uh, text here, Matthew chapter 12, where uh, Jesus is described as the Lord of the Sabbath. And what he's going to talk about there is that works of love are not going to break the Sabbath because Jesus is the Sabbath. You know, properly understood, Jesus is rest. Matthew 12, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath and his disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Jesus answers, well, haven't you read what David did? 
When he and his companions were hungry, he entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? He says, I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would have not condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. What a, what a telling phrase there. I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. Again, shadows and reality. So uh, the Old Testament temple, as beautiful as it was, it was destroyed. It, it doesn't exist. But Jesus says, you know, well, you destroy this temple, and in three days I will build it up again. And everyone was thinking, well, how can you do that? It took years to build this temple. But the text says in the Gospels that Jesus was talking about how he, he is the true temple. He is the one uh, where the presence of God, you can receive all of the gifts of God uh, through him. He's the one who sits enthroned between uh, the cherubim. He is uh, not only the high priest, he is also the sacrifice. He is the, the atonement. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So uh, in other parts of the Gospels, it talks about how the Sabbath was made for for man. And, and it was an interesting um, little text, too, in John chapter 7. So you were to circumcise a, uh, a child on the eighth day right, of his birth. So what happens if the eighth day happens to be a Sabbath day? What do you do? Well, you don't skip it. And, and circumcised on the ninth day, or do it on the seventh day of his birth, after his birth, you do it on the Sabbath, which is considered, which is considered work. Again, Jesus is using all of these, these illustrations here to talk about how he is the Sabbath. Matthew 12 continues, well, going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. And again, here it is, looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful? to heal on the Sabbath. And he said to them, If any one of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So here's some summary statements about the Sabbath. So the third commandment is, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, what does this mean? Luther says, we should fear and love God that we may not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. So we are encouraged to uh, take a Sabbath, a cease from our work and uh, rest in order to receive the works of Christ. And we're encouraged to do so because the devil takes no time off, does he? I mean, the devil, devil never takes a Sabbath day. He never says, okay, yeah, I'm just going to cease from working. He is a roaring lion prowling around. He comes to seek and to kill and to destroy, and he is relentless. He takes no Sabbath. Well, on the Sabbath, we are to be reminded, and ultimately this, is, this is kills the idea of works righteousness. So on this day, this Sabbath day, we are to stop working. To cease working, yes, physically, you're right. You work work all week, but that's not really the the real intent of it. It is to cease from working so that you can give yourself to the works 
or the working of the triune God, the works of Jesus. So on Sabbath, we rest from our works so that we can receive the works of Jesus. And then doing these works of love, um, which is the fulfill, fulfilling of the law, these works of love don't break the Sabbath day because Jesus himself is the Sabbath. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you give you rest. So the devil takes no Sabbath. Well, Jesus takes takes no Sabbath either in the sense that he's always fighting the devil, always working on, on, our, on our behalf. So back to Luke chapter 14. This is a kind of a, a total switch, but um, it's right there in the text, and it's talking about don't rush to a place of honor. So um, here's Proverbs chapter 25. It's the Old Testament lesson. It says, Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence, and do not claim a, a place among great men. It is better for him to say to you, come up here, than for him to humiliate you before a noble man. Luke 14 says, well, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So, interesting story here is, uh, I did a wedding, uh, well, I was uh, asked to come to say a blessing at the, after the wedding at the, uh, at the hall. So I attended the wedding. I didn't perform the ceremony, uh, but I, I was asked to come as a guest and uh, to say the blessing for, um, for the couple and the family. And it was a beautiful wedding. It was, um, you know, you come in and there's uh, flowers on the table everywhere. And, you know, you go and you look for your little place card, right? You know, that says what table you're at and, and your name. And uh, I had RSVP'd, I sent it in, right? So I went to the table and I looked in the, in the hallway there and I didn't see my name anywhere on a, on a place card. I said, I, I think I sent it, I think I sent it in, but you know, what am I, what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna like go up to somebody and say, so uh, I sent my, uh, my RSVP in, um, you know, where, where am I supposed to sit? So, you know, it's kind of an awkward moment. I don't know. I mean, I, I knew I was asked to say, say the blessing. And so I just kind of, you know, got myself uh, a little uh, glass of water over there, stood off to the side. The, you know, the DJ was talking to all the, the guests and uh, telling them what was going to happen during the night. And the speeches were made. And then, you know, they asked me then to come forward and say the prayer. And in the middle of this great big hall is the, the kind of the, the middle table. And it's filled with family and, you know, honored, honored people were sitting there. And then all around were the other, other tables. So I, I came, you know, from the side there and I said the blessing, uh, you know, upon the evening and for the, for the family and for the, for the couple. And I gave the mic back to the, you know, to the DJ. And I just kind of walked back where I was before. And then I thought, okay, well, now what, you know, what, what am I, what am I to do? And the father of the bride came like running across the, the hall 
And he said, you, come here, come here. We have your seat right up here, right up here, right at the head table. And you know, he, he came and he took me, you know, and, and put me right there with all of the other family, right in the middle, middle of it, uh, of it all. And sure enough, right there in front of me was my, was my little place card that was there. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think he just, you know, uh, his family had, had just assumed that I would kind of go to the, go to the table there. And I didn't know, I didn't see the place card. I didn't, didn't want to, didn't want to assume anything either. But, um, Every time I read this story, it, it hits and hits me in the head now, right? Um, you just don't show up to the place thinking that you're going to go and sit somewhere. Uh, if so, it says here, the host who invited both of you is going to say, hey, give this man your seat. And in front of everybody, you'll be humiliated and you'll have to take, you know, the, the least important place. He says, but when you're invited, he says, take the lowest place that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, come on over here. Here's a place for you. And then you'll be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. And the key there is whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So there is this feast imagery that is given to us in the scriptures. You see it in Psalm 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. And then it talks about, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Right? Psalm 84, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And it says, you know, the humble, the humble, uh, not boasting of their own works, but dressed in the, the bridegroom's righteousness, the, the uh, you know, the, the wedding clothes given to us by God himself it says, you're going to eat with Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob at that great wedding wedding banquet. So back to Luke chapter 14. So Jesus asked the Pharisees, so is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? And well, they were trying to trap him and Jesus has a way of turning it around on them. It says they remained silent. And so taking hold of the man, he healed him and he sent him away. And then he asked him, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. So next time you um, go to worship on the Lord's Day, whether it is actually the seventh day or the first day of the week, by the way, the early church observed both, didn't they? They went to Sabbath uh, in the synagogue, but they also started to gather on the first day of the week to remind them that, yes, the Lord Jesus rested in the grave on that seventh day. He Sabbathed from all his work. He said, it is finished, and he rested but on the first day of the week, the new creation, you could call it the eighth day, the new creation. Now uh, he has all things under his feet. So the devil takes no Sabbath. Um, we are weary. We are burdened. We are worn out. So on this Sabbath day, we are called to simply rest. Rest from our works and humility, right? Rest from our works. Why? So that we stop the, the striving and our hands are, are open to receive all the gifts of Jesus. And then when we receive the gifts of Jesus, you know, we do these works, we do these works of love. And, you know, they're not about days or seasons or certain traditions, but the fulfilling of the law is love. Why? Well, shadows and reality. The, the reason we do all of these things is because we understand who is the Sabbath. 
Well, if we understand the scriptures, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. You could say, I'll give you, I'll give you Sabbath.